Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff. I'm editor of the Transcript, along with Eric Mokaya, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday, and it was a pretty important one in that for the last few weeks, we've been seeing signs of slowing and cooling off in the economy. This newsletter, we really started to see signs that it was confirmed that the slowdown is happening. We titled this week's No Question About It because that's exactly what Wells Fargo's CEO said at the Goldman Sachs Financial Services Conference. He said, there is a slowdown happening. There's no question about it. And so... We've been following this again for the last few weeks. And one of the things that was missing was that financial services companies were saying in credit card data, they were still seeing strength. But at this Goldman Sachs financial conference, it sounded pretty bearish from a lot of these financial services CEOs, some of the biggest institutions in the country about the actual on the ground data. Eric, any thoughts? Yeah, I think I agree. I, I mean, we spent a lot of time in the past two weeks now with the, the conferences, especially. I think they are over now for the year. So the feeling you get as we draw to a close for this year, now going to next year, the consumers have spent quite a bit of money. They're slowing down. They're being very selective in terms of what items they buy now. And they're looking into next year, sensing there's a recession coming. So they're slowing down a bit of their spending to be able like to uh, to deal with that if it comes. So I think my best quote was from Bank of America CEO who said, is the spending slowdown good or bad? But then he talks about being half full and half empty. So I don't know what to expect given now, at least from our data, and we seem to be ahead of the Fed in terms of data. So we can confirm that there's a slowdown happening. So is this substantial enough to make the Fed move? I think that's the next question that you'd love to ask. Any thoughts on that yourself? Yeah, I think it's going to take a little bit of time probably to digest this change and see how it'll impact Fed policy. I think one of the things we noted in the newsletter is that labor markets still appear tight, and that's going to be the indicator of the economy that the Fed is watching most closely. So if labor markets are still tight, the Fed is probably going to be biased towards hawkishness. And so that actually is probably a source of bearishness for capital markets, at least, that it indicates that the Fed could over-tighten. And that's something that BlackRock talked about, that there could be an overcorrection, over-tightening that could impact capital markets still. And this is something that I think we're all watching. Yeah. So I think on that note, then, like it feels as we end the year now, we are at this point where the Fed's action from now on matters very critically on what they're going to do. So if they keep tightening, they may actually impact the markets a, a lot more than as BlackRock says, has been priced in right now. So I think like we are at a delicate stage in the markets. And I think can't wait for 2023 to see where everything goes. But I think a good step is the Fed this week may be stepping down from 75 basis points to 50 basis points. I think we're at 4% in terms of the Fed rate, 50%, 50 basis points, we get at 4.5%, still way below inflation, which is still around 7%. CPI is coming in this week also. I think a lot of data points like to, to check, but it seems definitely from our from the earnings call. So most companies are at that point where they're preparing for a hurricane, Jamie Dimon style. But then again, I don't know, 2023 looks like everybody is assured there will be a recession. Are you convinced that there will be a recession though? I'm actually not convinced right now, but I think the quote that you mentioned from Brian Moynihan of glass half full, half empty is really the operative one because you look at this and on the one hand, the slowdown is an indication that the Fed has done exactly what the Fed wanted to do. But on the other hand, it could just be us passing through going from a very hot economy to a recessionary economy. And we're just at a midpoint where you don't know whether some of these numbers that we're seeing 
are a sign of for an early symptom of further deceleration or just a normalization. And you know, typically it would be more of a deceleration, like an increased or a, a, an additional deceleration could be the case. But if the Fed does change the way that it's managing this and starts to severely maybe get more dovish than hawkish, then you could potentially avoid a recession in some way. That seems a little bit lower probability here, but it is a possibility potentially. So a couple of points you picked up today on 2%. One was e-commerce, which is decelerating. I think there was incredible growth in the past few years in terms of e-commerce. So now it's coming back to 2%. I think there was Bank of America talking about 2% growth next year. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah. I think that's right. I think we pulled out in a number of different quotes, numbers of 2 to 3% growth showing up. The most important one, or the one that struck me most was that Black Friday sales were up 3% over last year, according to both Discover Financial Services and Bank of America, that they saw spending up 3%. And this is really important for a couple of reasons. One, it is that broad consumer credit card data that is slowing down. It also is an indicator in and of itself that inflation is coming down because those are nominal numbers. And a lot of the growth that we had been seeing in credit card spending, in consumer spending generally, had just been juiced by price increases. So if you're coming back down to a 2 or 3% rate, it says it, it implies that either pricing isn't up or you're actually seeing negative real spending. And so I think we're probably getting to this point where you're actually starting to annualize some of the comps, the spending is slowing. It's all coming down and converging to a point where the numbers are actually showing what we've been picking up in the transcript for a while here, which is that inflationary forces are starting to come down and we're returning to 2 3% zone. And again, to echo what I was saying, or to reiterate what I was saying earlier in the conversation, the question is, is it 2 or 3% or is it going to dip down to negative 2 or 3%? for some point in a recessionary symptom. Two or 3% is exactly what the Fed is trying to achieve though. So uh, maybe another takeaway, maybe in terms of things being under pressure was also the IT budgets, which are, have been a bit resilient throughout the year. So they're also getting a bit of a hit. I think one of the my key takeaways was from CrowdStrike, which for the past couple of months, I think from the court, they saw that everything was okay. And then the last two or three weeks, they've suddenly seen companies' sales cycles being stretched, and especially for their non-enterprise markets. And now they're looking like whatever targets they'd set for this quarter, they actually may not be able to hit them. So it looks like there are a couple of companies, especially the IT or tech companies. So whatever expectations the market has for them, they may actually do badly this quarter going forward. So I don't know if markets have been paying attention to that, I think, but our transcripts actually picked that a couple of IT companies may have a bit of a rough time Q4 this year, which may not be priced in. So I think it's a good takeaway. Yeah, yeah. I think the IT spending data point, the consumer big ticket item purchases coming down, um, some of the housing numbers we're seeing, it's all kind of echoing the same psychological footprint, I think, that's going on in the economy, which is more of a recessionary mindset. People actually are physically starting to pull back spending. It's starting to show up in numbers. It's starting to show up in headline numbers. Toll Brothers said that their net signed contracts were down 60% in units and 56% in dollars in the fourth quarter. That's massive. That, those are huge drops that are totally consistent with a recessionary environment. Big ticket items are cutting back on buying dishwashers and televisions and things like that. Those are easy things to cut back when you're starting to tighten the way that you are spending. 
And then companies tightening IT budgets, we already have seen them tighten advertising budgets. These are all things that indicate people are making decisions towards restricting spend, which would be consistent with what happens in a recession. Yeah. Uh, so before maybe we close, maybe two things. One was a Microsoft Teams, which actually really impressed me. Microsoft Teams is actually becoming a core kind of operating system for Microsoft. So a shift from email to people doing more. It, it also ties into what you talked about, about companies cutting down on IT budgets. So they're looking for consolidated uh, places where they can get all in one kind of packages at lower costs. And Microsoft is one of the beneficiaries, I think, of this cut in IT spend because a lot of people now consolidating. Instead of paying for Zoom, you'd rather have Teams, which is part of the package for Microsoft 365 or uh, Office 365, I would say. So I think I have a feeling, I think the past couple of weeks, Microsoft is one big winner in some of the latest things that are happening. And one of the things which is very close to your heart also is Chat GPT, which is also powered by Microsoft Azure again. So I think very interesting to see has been all the rage in the markets and suddenly it's also appearing in transcripts. So I think that's very interesting to see how companies take advantage of it. A lot of people see this as an opportunity to kill Google. I don't know what you think about that since you also work closely with some. <laughs> yeah, I think that ChatGPT is something that really surprised a lot of people when it in using it for the first time in terms of the robustness and the power of the large language model that's underpinning it. And I think anyone who's using it right now, it's not too hard to see how this could improve quite a bit and really start to displace not only Google, but a lot of people and a lot of ways in which people are doing their work right now. It can displace, but it also can just make us all much, much more efficient. And specifically at the transcript where we are reading and digesting large amounts of natural language data, which hadn't really been touched by machines previously, but is rapidly coming into play now. We're going to have to be thinking about ways that we adjust the way that we're producing our content as well and how to leverage tools like ChatGPT here at the transcript. I imagine that same sort of thinking is happening for many people who have used this for the first time. And these sorts of things, these sorts of advancements can have economic impacts, do have an economic impact. And so I would imagine that there are job listings that are out there right now that maybe are being pulled back or altered because of the existence of ChatGPT. So these things move very fast. And as we've, we've progress accelerates over time. And the things that we, the amount of time it took to change the world 15 years ago is less than the amount of time it takes to change the world today. And who knows what we'll be looking at a year or two from now. It's incredible what it can do. And I think like we'll definitely be leveraging a bit. I think this could be actually a defining moment where AI actually became mainstream. This is a moment when AI become get to see, okay, this is the power of using AI in for natural, for queries that actually would have taken a lot of time for me to do. Yeah. So looking forward to see where this goes. Should we end there for today? I think that's a good place to start. All right. Thank you for joining us this week. See you again next week or next year, Scott. We will do one more newsletter for the year. I don't know if we'll podcast. So this may be end of the year. Maybe we'll get together for a podcast though next week, Eric. We probably should. Uh, We probably should. Maybe a wrap up for the year. We're almost actually almost close to 100 episodes of the Transcript Podcast. So close to 80, 90 there. So like really good work. We're almost at 25k followers on Twitter and almost 16, 17,000 subscribers. So we've really grown and we're really appreciative of where we've come from. So thank you, our listeners. And thank you. So thank you for joining us and giving us the motivation to actually keep doing this. Thank you for this week and bye.